Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bear. This is Coach Ripley with you as always, my co-host Tom O'Hare. How are we doing today, Coach? Doing good. A little cold out there today. Where'd that come from? Yeah, we decided to move the uh, recording inside for today. I'm going to work on some other location stuff where uh, maybe we got some good backdrops once maybe basketball season gets here, we go to the gym or something like that. It's, you know, kind of controlling the space is the hard part. But we're recording from our new Flex room today, one of the new additions here at Wilson Hall in the 400 building. Uh, the new Flex meeting room, which is where we have digital media class and, and a lot of, uh, of high-level meetings go on to this room. Now, I'm not involved in them typically, but they are in this room. So a little boardroom feel here. I think I have never been in a high-level meeting in my life. Uh, <laughs> So, so don't feel bad. So, okay, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, so we're going to kind of come talk real quick about a recap from last week. A big football win on Friday night, obviously, for our football team. Uh, talk about we've had the region cross country meet, we've had the state swim meet, and then looking ahead to this weekend to the football game as well as to the state volleyball tournament. So uh, kind of kick it off here. Let's talk about the football game last Friday night, which uh, I just got off our other podcast that I do with Coach Neil Minton from over at Florence Christian. Yeah. and. And he's still still kind of losing sleep a little bit, yeah. but, but it's not great for the Barons. You know, we had a great second half and a great team come from behind victory uh, on Friday night. I got a lot of comments from those listening at home that were excited about uh, how spirited we were on the radio, how great the radio call was, because it was just one of those games that, you know, early on it, we were kind of struggling a little bit. And, you know, they had a big play to start the second half and took that back to the house and and we're kind of, you know, like you mentioned the post game last week. It's like, man, are we are we done? You know, right. what are we going to talk about the rest of this game? Is this going to be one of those kind of, you know, like the game at Hammond early in the year yeah. where you and I had a lot of filler talk? But you know, then you get a turnover, you get a fumble, you get a three and out, and and all the momentum jumped across the field to our sideline. I saw I saw Mr. Moulton uh, the other day, and he was saying he was listening to the mm-hmm. broadcast and how much he enjoyed it. And I admit it, like you just said. There was a point in that game where we're thinking, what are we going to do the rest of the game? Because yeah. it looks like Florence Christian's going to walk away with this thing. And I, I did hear from several people, too, said they enjoyed it. It was exciting. But the one thing I learned about doing games on the radio, it's a lot like coaching. Um, you tend to be much better when it's a really good game and yeah. your team wins. <laughs> and coaching, you tend to be much better when you have real good players and yeah. your team wins. So I'm seeing a parallel yeah, there between yeah. the two. There are some things who are beyond your control. You really can't control how the game comes out. But if you get a good game, then you sound great, yeah. right? Same thing with coaching. You can't control if a guy walks in your gym, he's six feet, seven inches, and can mm-hmm. do 360 dunks, right? Yep. But all of a sudden, he makes you a better coach, of doesn't course. he? Oh, yeah, of course. So, yeah, but what a great game. And, and, and I think in the midst of all that, keeping the opportunity mm-hmm. to be at home for the first two rounds of the state playoffs, which all of a sudden – right around the corner. Yeah. But Coach Jarecki and his team can't worry about that yet. They've got a tough one. I think a difficult game for several reasons coming up Friday. We'll see if he can get them ready up here, yeah. I think, will be the challenge. You know, I think, you know, obviously the Heathwood game you're alluding to this Friday. Heathwood, a, a 4A opponent, so we're going up again against a 4A team, a team I think we know we can play with, but but it's going to be challenging. They've got some some good athletes, and, and they're physical, and – and then a big, big game the following week going to Buford, to John Paul II, mm-hmm. which that, you know, we win that game, and it essentially clinches us, to my understanding, the number two seed for the playoffs. Right. And if we get that number two seed, which by winning against Florence Christian sets us up for, but if we get that two seed, we would, like you mentioned, to would host 
both the first and second rounds of playoffs, which to my knowledge, I think the last time that happened was I think 2015, 2016 year was the last time we had that, that top two seed. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head when that would be. But, you know, I, I know Coach Jarecki and, and you, Coach, and, and, you know, you always worry even when you have a great one. I, I, I was in the locker room. I went in there to see somebody after the game. I think it was Noah Kennedy. No, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But anyway – Coach Drecke knows right now there's a danger, and you know when you have a team that gets behind mm-hmm. and then they come back like our football team does, there's a danger of your team assuming this mentality that yep. it's okay if we get behind because yep. we're going to come back. I really think that happened to Alabama, yeah. their, their football team, as, yeah. as well coached. They just assumed they that, they, oh, we've done this before, and, and so, we can do it again. So I know the challenge for Coach Jarecki is we can't go out there thinking we're going to win it in the second half. Yeah. That doesn't always work. Sure. There aren't going to be many times when Coach Jarecki's football team is going to get behind 20 nothing in the second half and be able to come back. So I, I think it's really important for us to do well this Friday. Mm-hmm. We have got to come out ready to go. But an emotional win on the road, it's, it's challenges yeah. of, of, of coaching football and other emotional sports. But, uh, you know, they didn't disappoint us last week with a great comeback. Maybe yeah. this week they'll establish themselves as a team that when we're on our home field, we take control of the game. Early. Absolutely. And, you know, and I've, I've used the quote we do for the volleyball program. We, every day, somebody different has a quote of the day or a thought of the day. Right. And the quote that's come up there is, is pressure is a privilege, right? Mm-hmm. So having that pressure – it is a privilege. Everyone doesn't have that. We've had years in the past where that pressure wasn't there right. to perform well. And so it, it is interesting to see how, how now how do we handle that a little bit. I don't want to say pressure, but a little bit of, of a different feeling than what we've had the past that's few years. Right. And so and that's, it's exciting, though. And that's what we talk about, and we're going to get to volleyball in a little bit. That's what we talk about. It's, it's an exciting feeling, um, but you have to learn how to manage that at the same time. You know, I, you always hear people talk about, well, look out for the underdog, yeah. you know. I'd rather be the team that's expected to win sure. because they almost always do. Sure. That's what makes an underdog so special when they win is it doesn't happen that much. So we, you know, but like you said, like your volleyball program has developed to the point where when you come into the gym against most of your teams, the pressure's on your team because uh, pretty much people are saying they're better. Yeah. But that's better sure. than being the team that – if you win, then everything has to go right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything has to go perfect for and you. They and they almost kind of never do. Yeah. You're right. No, Although absolutely. they did in the second half of that football game, yeah. right? With a little help sure. from Florence Christian. And, and I know Florence Christian would be the first to admit we kind of did some things to hurt ourselves in the game. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. Coach Strecky knows you don't always get that help. Sure. Like sure. they got on Friday's um, game. Well, Friday. and, and, but like you said, I mean, you get the fumble recovery that right. obviously sparked everything. And then it was kind of like, you know, it's one of those things in, in a lot of sports. Where you get that one play, right? That right. one, that one play where it goes from they take a seventy-five yard touchdown to the house. It's 21, 20 nothing, twenty nothing. Big, big one, not there with the with the block extra point after the second touchdown by by our team, and then we we give it back to them, right? They we throw an interception, I believe. Then they get the yep. ball and they fumble. We recover on the two yard line. Okay, mm-hmm. well let's punch this thing in. Now all of a sudden it's like, huh? Okay, now it's only twenty to seven. Now, now let's see. And then we get a three and out. Oh, we haven't done that all night. Well, yes, okay, no. well the defense was flying around. Got to stop. And then we get it back and go down and score again. And then at that point, I mean, it was on. I mean, at that point, the momentum had totally flipped sidelines. And and you know, Fox Christian, you know, started to 
struggled to do what they did well, they went back to it. Well, again, that momentum had changed by right. this point. So, yeah, you go back to doing those things that you had success with early, but they're not able to succeed as much because the momentum changed a little bit. And that, that happens in football a lot. So, like you say, exciting, awesome win last week for Coach Recky and the Barons. Uh, 1-0 all-time against Florence Christian in football now. Okay. That was the first ever meeting. So, um, you know, but a good win against them. And, and like you said, quick refocus going to Heathwood Hall this week. And while it's a non-region game, they're a traditional region team, a team you've played in the past. And so, you know, I think it's, it's interesting to uh, – to see how we do kind of kind of punching up a little bit against the 4A team this week and then refocus for what we hope to be a playoff run here in the next few weeks. Now, I don't know how much, if any, you, you've been able to familiarize yourself with their football team this year. My guess is very little. But I remember last year, the problem for us was they had this big running back. Mm-hmm. And I mean a good 260, 270, yeah, yeah, yeah. and we just couldn't tackle the guy. Yeah. And they just pounded it at us. Now, I know he graduated. He did. Now, I did notice last week Coach Derecki went more, uh, and, and Coach Wilson on defense, to a bigger defensive mm-hmm. line, uh, you know, uh, lineup with bigger guy. You know, he's yeah, got yeah. speed on the end with, with Sumter Cooper and Leek Peterson, but he felt like he had to get some bigger guys yeah, in there yeah, on in occasion. That. Not sure. that those guys didn't make some big yeah. plays in the game. I remember Sumter had a big tackle. But I, I, I wonder, do you have any sense yet, looking at Friday's game, are, are, are they still the, got big guys back there? Yeah, and the yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm not as familiar yet. And I actually, even more so since I won't be here this Friday, because we we'll said I haven't really right. thought too much about it. I didn't do a lot of pregame for this one because I won't be here, unfortunately, to watch the Barons play. We'll be listening to you and Coach Carruth on the radio. Okay. So uh, we'll be listening to you all and bring it to us live. And so I, I think that um, – but like I said, anytime you get a chance to play up a level, I think it's important uh, to kind of show that, that we can do. We've had, you know, the Lawrence Manning game early in the season. We played a 4A team. We just couldn't get the offense going. No. Uh, defense played okay, but the offense couldn't get going really. Obviously, the Hammond game was against a 4A team. Hammond's on that to almost everybody this season, uh, up, you know, 40 to 50 at the half. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was a tough game. And so here's another team against a 4A team that, that let, let's see how we can do. And then, like I said, then use this and then a refocus to this final playoff push. I have I have seen, I don't have them memorized, but Heathwood's won some games against some good teams this year. Sure. Yeah, they so have. We, we definitely going to have our hands full mm-hmm. Friday, but I'm sure the guys will be excited getting back on Spencer Field. Fellas, mm-hmm. just don't get behind early. Yeah. No guarantees you're coming back. <laughs> That's right. Me. That's right. So we'll, we'll kind of transition from there. We'll start talking about some of our other sports. We had the state swim meet this past week. Um, state swim team, their boys finished second to state again to Porter Gowd. Um, the girls also had a strong showing. Uh, I think they finished ninth, I believe, as a team. Um, and so I think that what we kind of expected to happen did. You know, Jack Pogue did win right. his event again. I think it was the 100 breast that he won uh, for the second straight year. He won state. We had multiple second-place finishes with some of our relays. And, and just a good showing from Coach Schultz and his team, um, you know, kind of showing again that we're, you know, yeah, Porter Gowd's up here, and, and they had a really strong team. I think their team total was about 260. We were at about 160, um, you know, which is, which is a decent gap. But I think that being able to hold off those other competitors and stay in that top two was really a goal of Coach Schultz and his team. Uh, our buddy Pogo, um, he, Jack, I think he did – as good as he could do. Mm-hmm. And I think the story of the team was they did as good as they could do. There was mm-hmm. no disappointment. They, yeah. You know, t- sports like that, it's clear, cross country and tracks like that, you, you, you don't want to be disillusioned. You know, in a football game, a basketball game, you know, things can happen. Yeah. And the underdog has a much better chance in sure. a game like that. 
not not in these a little bit tougher in, like in a track cross country or swimming, track yeah swimming. I mean, you so, you kind of run what you run you and, know you or know, swim what you swim and they did as good as they could do it looked individually mm -hmm. and collectively on the boys side and the girls are still progressing but it, laying a foundation mm -hmm. and as you know from you know, we both tried to build programs from scratch throughout our lives the first thing you have to do is get being on that team mm -hmm. something that is cool or acceptable yep. or okay within the student body yep. itself. You fight that stigma oh, yeah. either taking over a program that has yeah. not been successful or, or establishing a program. Yeah. Who wants to be on that team? Yeah, yeah. But, but SWIM has overcome that. Group. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think the culture that, that Coach right. Schultz and his staff have built uh, is one. They do some exciting things. And like I said, when I spoke to him a few weeks ago, you know, I, I like a lot of the things that he does. I mm -hmm. like the, I like the some of the off season stuff they do. I like some of the way they do their culture building, and, and they've done a good job building that. And like you said, getting those kids in that maybe aren't your star football player, maybe right. aren't your star volleyball player, to come and give swim a shot and, and be part of their team. Now you're in the athletic department here. We are we going to build a pool around here? I, I don't know if that's you know the, uh, the 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 next. I don't know if we can buy any more property around <laughs> I, to build a pool. That'd be kind of tough. They must be expensive. Because oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know of a single school, mm -hmm. public or private, in this state, maybe I'm wrong, that has a swim a facility. Swim facility yeah. I remember the old joke when in the old Dundalk High School, uh, you would tell the ninth graders, um, uh, your class is at the pool. And, of course, school didn't have a pool. Yeah, yeah. You know how we played. <laughs> I don't know what the joke is around yeah. here. Your, your class is. I yeah. don't know what we would say. Um, no, I mean, it's definitely something. Yeah, I talked with, uh, I know Coach Rector, uh, his, his grandson, a uh, very good swimmer over in Tennessee, actually. Uh, and he was talking about how some of the schools over there do have their own pool. It's kind oh, of a really? different – oh, yeah. Wow. This. All right, so welcome back to Behind the Baron again. Uh, sorry for the brief uh, brief uh, interruption there. We had a little fire alarm at the school that we had to go, go outside for real quick. So I got a little more work in editing today. Uh, I'll have to get that done. But, yeah, we uh, left off. We were talking about the, the swim team and kind of wrapping up and talking about their, their successes with – especially with our big three with Jack Pogue and Sig Richardson and Stephen Schultz kind of finishing off a, a great swim career. And those three have really been a catalyst to kind of the building of this program in the past right. few years. And we'll see what follows. That's right. Uh, moving on to cross country. Uh, so the perfect, perfect cross country. Who did we just talk to? We had, outside? I saw you other talking to Mr. Connor Smith. Uh, so yesterday over at Patriot Park, we had the region uh, cross country meet. Uh, our region is us, Lawrence Manning, Trinity Collegiate and Camden Military. And uh, boys and girls both came away with team victories. Uh, on the boys' side, uh, Connor Smith finishing first with a time of 15.59. So I think that's either his third or fourth time breaking 16. So kind of exciting for him to start to see that that is where he is, you know, kind of consistently uh, in that sub-16 range. Um, Abel Ayers, young eighth grader Abel Ayers finished in second, and Calder Williamson finished fourth in the region. So both of them were selected to the all-region team for the boys. Uh, Abel, I believe, I don't have it in front of me, I believe, Abel, I know Abel broke 18 minutes uh, in, in his second place run. On the girls' side, uh, Jordan Thornton won the race, finishing first at the time of 1938. I believe just a few seconds off the school record on the girls' side there. Jordan's been running very well lately. Uh, Bailey McInerney finished in second with a time of right at 20 minutes. Uh, I think that might have been a season best for her, uh, going down close to that 20-minute mark. And then uh, Abby Bradley finished fourth and Bailey Fleming fifth, so they both were all-region runners as well. So overall, a good showing for the Barons out there at Patriot Park. couple of thoughts. Um, you talked about Jordan and Bailey. they very close friends mm -hmm. and, and you know great teammates, I'm sure. But I promise you, 
that they're pushing each other because oh, yeah. in the end they want to be the one who That's comes right. in first. And so uh, it's been my experience that the older you are, the more predictable your time will be, your performance at the state meet. Mm-hmm. So I have a feeling that they're going to be fighting for one of those yeah. all states sure. spots. I'm, when was the last girl we had? Did Molly or one of the girls make it last year? I can't. I can't remember. remember. I, th- I, th- I thought we may have had somebody last year, but I can't remember the top of my yeah. head. But I, maybe we did. But I, we certainly have a chance this year. Mm-hmm. On, on the boys' side, I just hope we have a a a nice weather day for Connor mm-hmm. to run because I think he can do some great things. And but I'm I'm curious to see how well our young fellows do because mm-hmm. it, sometimes that state meet without a lack of experience can overwhelm young runners yeah so you know it, but if those young guys go out there this saturday morning and have a great race too i mean that that will really be something to yeah. be proud of uh but but so we've got some you know we, we were talking about underdogs no we had there was no pressure everybody knew yeah. we were going to win the races yesterday everybody knew connor was going to win didn't know which one of the young ladies sure. was going to prevail speaking of which we should mention this maybe you know too Bailey got accepted to the United States Naval Academy. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Which is um, no military West Point. Uh, was it West, West Point? Point. Oh, yes, I thought. Yeah. Oh, because you know I get up that part of the world, Annapolis. So now her, uh, we we had Sam Sam mm-hmm. Hilferty, mm-hmm. who did a little bit of everything when he was football. I know he even tried to help cross Swim country team and soccer teams, and all yeah. that. Yeah, that's right. He is maybe in his fourth year up there. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, my favorite. One of the favorite fellows I ever coached, you would not have known him when, earlier when I was here, Paul Fado was a young fellow out at Bishopville. And Paul played soccer for me and had never played before. And ran cross country was good. He, he went up to the Naval Academy. He was in that class with Jeff Scales and mm-hmm. Alvin Butler. Those yeah. three are still very close. But it, it's always uh, something the school can be proud of. And, of course, the family she can be proud of. But anyway, getting back to the cross country, just want to recognize Ben's yeah, achievement there for a second. Um, but I, I really want to see just how much those two young ladies are, are going to perform Saturday. And I'm rooting for them to, to be able to get the thrill of yeah. being on that all-state team, sure. standing out there. Because there's, there's a lot of people in those stands yeah. when they make those awards. And you know, because it is a team sport, but it's also an individual sport. Sure. And, and there's nothing wrong. You can have a day where your team does disappointing or not as well as you want it. But if you, an individual, do pretty yeah. good, you, you can take pride in that Absolutely. as well. No, I think, and, and, and especially all three of those top runners being seniors, right. you know, they have all three been very integral in our cross-country program for the past few years and, and have really done a great job of kind of carrying that torch of our program that we've had in the past um, and, and, and trying to continue that as we bridge this gap with some younger ones coming up that I think will be good yeah. uh, down the road as well. So, um, you know, definitely exciting time for cross-country. Um, you know, last uh, tennis team, um, I think we touched on last week, they concluded their season last week. Uh, they they right. lost out in the state quarterfinals. Um, coach Moran Brown there, the coach, uh, did a good job. I'm hoping to get uh, with Coach Schwartz next week to get a good preview for the cross-country uh, state meet the following week. Um, and I didn't do a special episode this week because it'd be kind of hard for me to interview myself, but I want to talk a little bit about the volume team here well, on the end of our I'll episode I'll here. Yeah. you just a little bit. <laughs> I saw your bracket yesterday. We, mm-hmm. we were talking just a few minutes ago. If you can, you know, hold your own mm-hmm. in the early round or two, you might be facing Porter Gowd with a chance to 
set up a, a you know a situation where you might be able to get to the final two. Mm-hmm. Don't they do that two out of three on a Tuesday? So they do. So yeah. So the, the way the bracket works is basically you've got two sides of the bracket. You've got right. six teams in the upper, six teams in the lower. You play each of them out in a double elimination tournament, similar to what softball does. Yes. Softball does the same thing. Now, when you get to that initial Final Four, so say say seeds hold and say it's Carter Newman, Ashley Hall in the top and us and Porter in the bottom, the loser of those games actually cross over okay. to the loser's bracket of the other side. So, for instance, if, if Ashley Hall were to – if Carter Newman were to beat Ashley Hall – Ashley Hall would drop to the bottom side, so they wouldn't have to go through Carter Newman again to get the finals. They would be okay. now they would still have to beat Carter Newman possibly in a finals. But it really, I, I will say, the one benefit, and I, and I have differing opinions on the volleyball mm-hmm. bracket sometimes how we do it with softball and volleyball versus other sports. But I do think it gives everyone at the end of the day a pretty fair shot to get to the finals as far as your top teams. Now let's be fair. You want to see Cardinal Newman as late as possible. Correct, and okay. that and that's a conversation that uh, that we've had, and, and Coach Rett and I talked some, and so and and you know, looking at, at different stages of the tournament, you know, we know Cardinal Newman in volleyball is similar to a Hammond in football, right. to be honest, right now. Right. I mean, they are just they're an absolute powerhouse, and and they're going to be really tough to knock off. But the rest of us are fighting for that importance of getting to a Final Four, mm-hmm. of getting, you know, we, to, to our knowledge, and I've talked with Coach Alexander, uh, who was a coach before me, to, to our knowledge, we've never made it to a Final Four in volleyball before. That's, we've always lost out in that round of 5-6 uh, before that Final Four spot. And so that's something, you know, that obviously is on the checklist. You know, getting to that round of six, getting to Saturday, and getting to play in that round of six is an important checkpoint. So there's, there's stages along the way that as you – as you win games or as you advance a tournament for programs that aren't necessarily that Carter Newman right now, mm-hmm. that are big building points for a program and, and getting to those points are really important. And so that's what we're looking to do. And I, you know, I always approach the state tournament in a way like, Hey, look, you know, we have phases in our season and we talk about it with the girl. We had a, we revisited the conversation on Tuesday. I said, look, we had, you know, our phase one is preseason off season. Our phase two is the early games, right? Phase mm-hmm. three is your region and Baron Bash kind of thing. And then phase four is the championship season. And and I think that our key with the phase four is we put ourselves in a position. We work all season to put ourselves in position to make a run in the state tournament. That's kind of how we view it. Now you get by, you, you play the winner of help me out. Heathwood Hall and first Baptist. Have you played either or both? We've played those? Heathwood. We played Heathwood. Heathwood's got a good Just little recently. team recently. Yes. Right. So they've got a good little team. They've got some really good players. Taylor Smith's one of them. Um, they've got Leah and Allie are, are two players that came and did camp with us this summer and they're mm-hmm. good young athletes. Um, you know, coach Stefani uh, over there do, does a really good job with that program. Haven't seen first Baptist yet. I've seen them on film a few times, but haven't seen them in person yet. Um, you know, a, a program that we've played in the state playoffs a few times before. Right. Um, they're kind of tricky because they're in that Charleston region where you're playing Portage and Ashley Hall every Pretty year. So you can't you can't just go off what the record is or off what right. they do against those teams. And so I think it's you know I, I think that whichever team comes out in that game, you know, we'll look forward to playing and, and hopefully have a good game have game plan against. Now here's a question: as a higher seed, do you like and correct me if I'm wrong, but in the state playoffs, it's not your three out of. Five is it? Is no, it a two, two out, out of three. three? It is. Do you think that is more advantageous to an underdog 
or do you think that it really doesn't matter? I think yeah, I think it definitely favors. I, definitely, I think it definitely favors lower seed, and okay. so it depends on which round of the tournament we're in as to how whether I like it or not. <laughs> you know, if we get to where we're playing a Portugal or a Carter Newman, I right. love two out of okay. three. You know, early on, uh, yeah, I think it definitely gives an advantage because you only got to beat someone two sets. I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen situations where you know games go five sets, and a team right. that's down two zero or two one can come back and win a five setter. So that is a little bit of a difference, and and something that. You know, but I just think time-wise and, and, and just physically, I mean, you can't do three out of five and play a two-day tournament. I mean, it's just not feasible. Right. All right, here's another volleyball question for you. So you'll be playing a team in your first match that just came off the court. Mm-hmm. Is fatigue a factor, and like it might be in a sport like basketball or mm-hmm. soccer, playing back-to-back, or is playing two or three games – really not going to impact the team you see physically, stamina and all that. Yeah, so and I just had this conversation with, like I said, Neil Minton from Florence Christian, who I do the other podcast with, the, the rest versus rust. Like, is it better mm-hmm. to play that first right. game or is it better to rest that first game? You know, the good thing for us is we'll get to watch the teams that we're playing against um, and, and get some extra live, you know, not as much for us as coaches, but for the girls to actually see – a little bit of who we're planning is pick up on some tendencies or some things that we can use. Um, you know, it's really key on us as coaches of making sure that we're on top of the timeline of getting warmed up and getting right. ready. Uh, one of the challenges this year, I will say, is that we're playing the Myrtle Beach Sports Complex this weekend again, and there are 16 courts of that complex. Well, in the mm-hmm. past, we've only ever used 12 courts. But this year, with the addition of a fourth classification, we're using all 16 courts. And so mm-hmm. in the past, when you had that off game, you could say, hey, we're going to go grab court 14 and we're going to go warm up. That's not an option anymore. That's not, that's not, that the option is not there. And so that part of it is tough. Now, they did put a little bit more time in between um, games this year. So I think it does give a little more time for warming up between games. So I, I think it'll be okay. Um, it'll just be really important for us to make sure we take our time and get warmed up and get ready to play um, against that team coming off a game where they've already gotten into a, a rhythm a little bit. So perfect case scenario for you guys. You take care of business on Friday. Mm-hmm. Which will probably set you up against Porter Gowd Saturday. Porter Gowd or Ben Lippin? I tell you, or, Ben, okay, Lippin, ben okay. Lippin's very well, the good. Winner. Yeah, the winner. Well, ben Lippin's got to be. Ben Lippin has to win a game first. Ben right. Lippin plays against Northwood first, but Ben Lippin is a very good team. We split okay. with Ben Lippin during the season, okay. so I think that you know that Ben Lippin Porter Gowd game will be a good one. Um, you know, and so you've really got on our side of the bracket. You've got us. Porter and Ben Lippin, I think, were the three that were fighting for the two buys. Two, right. You know what I mean? And so Ben Lippin, uh, you know, go to Porter Gowden and we'll – yeah, if, if we do what we're supposed to, if for some reason we don't, uh, we would drop down and play the loser of the Ben Lippin-Northwood game with a chance to still advance to Saturday. Right. So so really going into the day on Friday, we got to win one, either the first one or the second one, to get to Saturday. And, and uh, you know – you have to worry about Ben Lippman if you see him. They're probably mad that they didn't get that two oh, seats oh, since they split with you. 100%. And, but anyway, but whoever it is that you play Friday, uh, you want to beat them. And then whoever you play Saturday, you want to beat them because you send them over to the Cardinal Newman bracket. Correct. And, and that is by far, based on how yeah. strong Cardinal Newman is, the easier route to get to, to the, the championship sure. match. Yeah, to get so. to the Final Four, to get the finals, that would be the route to go. I mean, I think that, you know, when looking at the, um, you know, that game, again, if we get there, I mean, yeah, perfect scenario. We're able to take care of business on Friday and get to Saturday and spend, you know, Friday afternoon doing a lot of film watching on, on Porter or Ben Lippin mm-hmm. and, and kind of getting ready. That's another challenge of this tournament. You know, basketball, you know, football even more so you've got a couple of days to prepare that scouting report mm-hmm. you know to turn like this you've got you've got 
hours. You know, you've got just a little bit of time. And so that's where as coaching staff, uh, we split up. I, uh, you know, I've got a, a great coach this year with Aaron Trueblood, who's a member here on staff, and Sierra Myers helping again, Mary Peyton Zilch. Klepper comes and helps out when she can. Of course, she'll be here Friday night at the football game, but she'll come down Saturday. Uh, another guy I'll give a shout-out to is, is Joe Perez. Joseph Perez is uh, a gentleman who's helped us the past few years. He's military. He's currently deployed right now, uh, but he's actually taking uh, one of my scouting reports for me. Uh, so he's scouting one of the teams for me, and he'll give me a scouting report back. And uh, I think he's itching to get back and get back into volleyball gym and not overseas where he is. But, um, you know, so we kind of break that down and say, all right, I'll take this team, you take this team. And then that way, if – if those teams come up in the tournament, we at least have something written out on them, um, which is a challenge, though. The um, the spectators might be in for a surprise when they mm. show up. If they, I was down there last Saturday, uh, last summer, last summer, what time of year? Last fall, they watched y'all <laughs> battle with Florence Christian. Yeah, and I was shocked because there's just seats on yeah. the floor. It's not, yeah, yeah, like you said, sixteen courts, uh, but but it's at the Myrtle Beach. Convention Center, sports, sports Center, which is Center, right yeah. by that, right by Broadway, Broadway at the yep. beach. Yes, it's a big place, and you're gonna have to walk a little bit. Yeah, you know, unless you have one of those handicapped parking. Uh, but you, you were just talking. Uh, what, what were we just talking about? You made me think. Oh, scouting. Mm-hmm. I remember the one time I was working with Coach Tally, and I'm sure this happened to you. And we had won the game, the first of two games tonight to see who was going to play in the state championship, mm-hmm. and so we split the scouting to see who we would yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. And he gave me Pinewood Prep, and, I don't know yeah. talking, and I'm thinking the whole time, I sure hope that Pinewood Prep loses. Cause, cause <laughs> you don't want to be I like you. Wanna, he's going to look at, well, you know, we're going to play Pinewood Prep, we're going to lose. He's going to say, well, the scouting report yeah, was yeah. terrible. I don't know <laughs> if that's ever happened to you. But, yeah, but I mean, all that help has, has to be great. You know, one thing I learned about volleyball, spending a little bit of time in Hawaii. And even I remember this when I was a student at Francis Marion. It's an international sport. Oh, yeah. It almost reminds me of soccer mm-hmm. and the way basketball has become. Everybody in the world yeah. plays it. And so these military people, mm-hmm. as they travel around the world, they stay in gates yeah. and they play some great it's a, it's a very It's a very popular sport right. in the military bases. And yeah, volleyball just named, I think two weeks ago, is the, it, is, it has been uh, taken over as the number one high school female sport uh, as far as participation numbers go and, and growth, not just in growth over the last year, but in total numbers. Uh, high school volleyball for girls is actually number one most participated in sport in, now, in now, the United States. I think, correct me if I'm wrong, a few South Carolina high schools are now have boys' teams. Is that correct? They do. That is correct. Isn't that well, yeah. relative? Now, in other parts of the country mm-hmm. and around the world, the high school boys' volleyball sure. is a huge, huge. sport yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. Do, you, do you see that? Is there a place There's where a, it. I mean, it's, it's, it's be been brought up. It's been football. brought up. Yeah, I mean, the problem is when would you play it, right? right. So the, your options are either fall or or spring. And spring, right. as we know, is pretty. You know, on the boys' side, you've already got baseball, you've got tennis, you've got golf, you've got track and field, you've got soccer. Mm-hmm. So I mean, we've already got five sports there. You've always got people asking for lacrosse or for right. some other sports there as well. I mean, we just don't have the student body numbers mm-hmm. to to support adding anything else we have without sacrificing some of right. those teams, you know, and, and, and that, and that's tough. And then, or you play in the fall, which some teams, some high school league teams are doing right now, but then you're going up against football and we, right. and we don't want to do anything to do that. And so I, I looked at the list of teams, uh, public school, high school league just released their brackets recently. And pretty much what you have is either 
major 4A and 5A public schools that have the student body to do it, or you've got smaller schools who don't have football. Okay. And so that's an option for them. Like even it's, there are a few skis of schools that have it, uh, but it's mostly schools like at the beach that don't have football teams. Okay. And so we don't, you know, cause there are, you might, you might say, ah, I know those kids will play volleyball, but ah, you get one or two. And then that, you know, you just, I, I I'm not saying it won't happen, but I don't think it'll happen in the near future okay. um, for us. I, I just think that's something that, that is, is tough with the student body size that we have. Um, we're pretty stretched to the gills as far as what we can offer. It is one of y'all's great challenges, not having too much. Mm-hmm. You're trying to fill the voids and get as many students involved. But like you said, you, you just can't yeah. do but so much you know, with so many students. Yeah. And, and you know, as a, a soccer, as a soccer coach, one that comes up often is girls' soccer. Can right. we add girls' soccer? And, right. You know, I was at a previous school in Orangeburg where we did add girls' soccer, mm-hmm. and, and unfortunately – it they don't they got rid of it ended up getting rid of it because what happened is the soft softball and track and field teams yeah. just started dropping 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 so you mm-hmm. had two teams who were competing at super high levels well now little by little those are now instead of supporting two teams you have to support three teams mm-hmm. and it just makes it a little bit harder and it comes in waves and we have some years where you've got a group that's a really that's right. good soccer group that wants to do it but then when that group leaves what's left what's left and and that and that can be the challenge too. Um, as well as finding coaching and finding all that, finding gym space for something like place volleyball, to play, place to play. Yeah. I mean, how you know our gym's pretty full right now and, as is. And those sports generally don't generate revenue, so Correct. you have to pay officials and travel. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it definitely not is. as easy as why can't, just saying, we why can't we do it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely no. And right. I appreciate you saying that. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> part of it. So, but yeah, I mean, I think you know our girls are excited. We've had a, we've had a great year. You know, we've had a good year with volleyball, and and I think the seating re- uh, reflects. The season we've had, and and now it's time to move on to that next phase and see what we can do here down the stretch. Now, what's gonna, what element of your team's game is gonna be pivotal? I don't want to say make or break you, but sure. what is it that you maybe haven't been as consistent with that you need to be consistent with? When you get to this state tournament, well, I think you know I, I'm a longtime believer. Uh, Brian Rosen, good buddy of mine, who, who coached high school volleyball for a while, he's actually up at Creighton now. I've mentioned him before. He's the assistant coach at Creighton, and he's uh, we went to Carolina together. He's a big volleyball guy, and from him, I learned that serve and serve receive make or break you. And and if you can if you can serve the ball effectively, consistently in bounds, and also with some tempo and some pace, uh, and you can receive serve and get into your offense, that's where everything starts in it for us. Okay, now speaking of, of balance. To your volleyball servers, how much is it get a good enough serve mm-hmm. to get the point that they can't receive it based on, yeah, but the more you try to do that, it's like tennis, mm-hmm. you get two shots at it. Sure. But in volleyball, <laughs> you get one. <laughs> you get one. Do you – I mean, it's almost like a home run hitter. Like, am I got my strikeout? Where is that? It, does it, it depend who the server it is? It does. It, it depends on who the server is, what their style of serving is. You know, we've got some girls that just stand and do more what we call spot serving. Mm-hmm. And so um, I'll use Camel Bauman as an example. Camel's serving at about a 96 and 97% rate mm-hmm. this year. I mean, super high rate. It's not a powerful serve. It's not a, you know, big top jump, float spin right. serve, whatever. But it's we know 96% of the time it's in play. We're not making an error. On the flip side, um, you know, you've got some that are a little more risk-reward with their serve. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a little more aggressive. And when it's on, it's on. And it's, right. it's a, we're able to get aces and you're able to do that. You know, but at the higher level of the game, when you get deep in the tournament, you really got to minimize those errors. 
you know, and so so we're looking for consistency. And, and as a team this year, I mean, our six main servers um, are all above about 86, 87 percent, most of them above 90 percent, which is where we want them. Um, that kind of is our mark point is 90 to 92 percent is what we want to see. Um with some aces and some some tempo as well. Now again, it depends on the game plan. If I'm going up against a team that I know is probably better than us, we're going to be a little more Got aggressive and, and take those yeah. shots and yeah. say, "Hey, if we get the error, we get the error." That's but let's right. try to get the ace because if we can get the ace, that's one less opportunity they had to return it. Versus some games, you go and say, "Hey, let's just put this thing in play. Let's play our game. We know we can play defense, and let and let's play it that way." So it, it does depend on scouting report a little bit, and, and there is a balance in players. I know you know Cameron Bateman, a player for us a couple of years ago when I played at CIU. You know she was had a very effective serve and it was on. It was a little float serve that had some movement on it. But it was I allowed her error ratio to be a little higher mm-hmm. because she had so many aces versus someone else who uh, little Mary Jones uh, who was the year behind her. Mary wasn't she was kind of like Campbell mm-hmm. wasn't that high ace opportunity, but she served it at ninety seven ninety eight percent. So I knew she was going to put it in play. You know, it sounds like to me having you explain it. It's like a three-point shot in basketball. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Some guys, you're okay yeah. if they take them yeah. because statistics show they're going to make enough where it'll be That's worth right. it. You got If you got some dude who's an inside banger yeah. who's like 50% from the foul line, yeah. he lines up to take a three. Yeah. They're like, what no, are you what doing? Are you doing? You know. so, but like that in, that in that underdog game, though, you might let them fly because, hey, we get, hot, right. you know, we get hot. You We get hot. Let's That's hit them. Right. You know, let's shoot 53 tonight. But I got to tell you, when I watch your games, nothing. Nothing gets me more angry, even if the other team does it, when they get a big point and then they go to serve and they hit it right into the I know, net. Right? I can't, you know, I get mad even if it's the yeah, other yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, just it's just such a momentum hurt, like, yeah. Why are you giving them points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I understand, I, I, part of me knew yeah. that it's, it's like any other sport, risk reward, like yeah. we've talked about. But I've always wondered how a coach. I mean, do you practice different serves like that? This is the one we're going to go for, and this is. The one almost like a second serve in tennis. Yeah, so, no, okay. we do. We we talk. Yeah, and, that, and tennis is a good analogy because you have now tennis. You have the opportunity to have two serves, so you can right. be more aggressive and mess right. it up and get back. But yeah, but we we do spot serving a lot. We talk about where we're going to serve. We you know I communicate during games on where we're trying to serve at different mm-hmm. alleys, different locations where we're trying to. And it's not always an ace, but it's trying to serve them out of system, right? right? And out of system means they're not able to get a perfect pass to their setter who can set their hitters who mm-hmm. can get a good attack at us. You know, going real quick before we wrap up, to looking at this weekend, you know, you asked what are some of the things you have to do well. I said serve and serve and see. The other thing that I think that we have done a good job of this year is we have a fairly balanced attack across our front. I think that when we are able to have that balanced attack, and what I mean is we've got between our five main hitters, Campbell, Aubrey, Sarah, Olivia, and, and Sully slash Emma, whoever's that right side spot, when they can all attack effectively, it makes it a lot harder to defend. You know, we found some games earlier this year when we lost at Ben Lippin earlier, we got very reliant on one or two hitters. And when you do that, obviously the defense can predict that, and then it's easier to defend you uh, when we can keep all of those hitters active. Now, part of that comes back to service, even passing. We've got to get balls in the system to do that. But when we're able to, I, I think we may not have that that go to a number one that some teams have. But but five on five, six on six, you know, our our five hitters versus their five hitters. I think we we match up pretty well against a lot of teams. I I was impressed. I, I not without mentioning names. Some of the girls on your team, I would not think could get up. I call it slam it down yeah. there. I know you have more volleyball-like terms. But they're not the tallest people in the world. So I guess it's a matter of timing, mm-hmm. getting a good pass. Oh, yeah. and th- but I'm always surprised to see someone who's 
not even close to being tall, yeah. somehow figuring a way to smack that ball. To get it in there. and being smart and placing it in balance and, and, and getting a good play. And Absolutely. that's like comparing it to basketball. It's like when a guy does a slam dunk in basketball, drives the crowd crazy. Whenever a volleyball player gets up there, oh and yeah, smacks. I remember we had uh, oh, help me out. Um, the young girl who went to Vanderbilt, uh, her sister, hall. yeah. Uh, which one was a well, camp? You had uh, Simmons and you had Simpson. Danny. Yeah. I was in here one time, and she did one of those classic kabooms. Yeah. And the, the there was a big crowd here. Yeah. And, I mean, the boys in the stands were running out. Yeah. With it. They like, <laughs> I mean, it was like a guy like yeah. watching Zion do a 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's an exciting thing to see it all come down and work out perfectly Absolutely. like that. And let me say one more last thing before we leave. Speaking of your volleyball team, Aubrey Payne, Got got a chance to visit her brother mm-hmm. and former Baron uh, Logan Kennedy. Yeah, at the Coastal Carolina football game Saturday, they were doing good. Yeah, and enjoying life. I think it was one of them's birthday. It was Logan's birthday. It was yeah. Logan's birthday. Yeah. So they were go about. Just want to let them. They they told me to give them a shout out. Oh, there you they go. said they listen. Okay. I said I'll do that. But absolutely good job by them. And uh, Logan said he might be up here tonight to watch his brother play for senior night. That'd be good. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, that's it for for. That's going to wrap it up for this week. Next week, we'll come back. We'll have some, some wrap-ups of this week's football game. We'll have an update on volleyball, and, and uh, cross-country will be preparing for theirs. Again, tune in hopefully midweek next week. I'm hoping to get with uh, the cross-country coaches and get another preview for them as they go to the state tournament. Uh, but for Coach Ripley and Coach O'Hare here, uh, we appreciate you all listening. We'll see you next week.